Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's another Sunday edition of the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Justin and Julian. What's going on, Julian? Going well. It's been a it's been a minute since we've done one of these Sunday episodes. It's been a minute since we've done one of these Sunday episodes, but we had a pretty busy week, you and I. Not not to say that, you know, we were on the horn uh every night, but uh we had a spirited converse spirited conversation on zone time with a what was a busy week in the NHL. We got Kodak Black and Evander Kane and Bobby Clark, some wild stuff to go through. So we're going to try and spin it forward and leave, you know, those conversations with Zone Time. So if you want to hear us talk about that, go back and listen or watch to, uh, Zone Time from our midweek edition. But uh, we got some other things we want to dig into. But before we do that, I'm watching Bill's Patriots last night. And like that was like the perfectly cathartic performance for the Buffalo Bills, like seven possessions, seven touchdowns. That's like perfect football, right? So I'm yeah. thinking to myself, like, what is the hockey version of, like, the perfectly cathartic win? I think the easy answer is, like, the Leafs beating the Bruins in a playoff series, maybe sweeping the Bruins in a playoff series, given their history. But I wonder if you had any any other ideas. There's not, like, something that really stuck out to me other than the Leafs, that being the obvious one. I guess, like, just any rival getting the better of a rival just that has kind of picked on them for a bit. I think if the Canadians, like, find a way to, like, beat the Bruins in a playoff series, because I feel like the last few times they've played each other in a regular season matchup, the Bruins have been beating them. Like, the first game the Canadians played last week since, like, New Year's, they lost, like, 5-1 to the Boston Bruins. So maybe that works, but also I can imagine some people might look at their battles in the 2010s and feel that, okay, they got the one up on them. Yeah, you can understand why the Bruins would want to get them back, I guess. Yeah, I think the Leafs might be the best example, considering the fact that, like, I don't know if you watch, like, Steve Dangles, like, LFR from after the Blues game, but, like, dude was, like, screaming after his team won. Like, 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 the, like the last four games, these are the last four games for the Leafs. They blew a 4-1 lead against Colorado and lost in overtime. They blew a 3-1 lead against Vegas, and they won in a shootout. They lost to a team at the time that was the worst in the NHL and actually caused them to now be at least one point above the new worst team in the NHL, the Montreal Canadiens. And then they blew a, another 3-1 lead and then won like 6-5. Like if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, these last four games have been this weird roller coaster of emotions for you. So I imagine if you win a playoff series this year, whether it's against Tampa, whether it's against Florida, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Boston. Yeah. It could be, I think Boston of all teams, like at that point, you're just like, okay, the memes can stop for a bit. 
Yeah, oh, well, for a bit. I mean, any, yeah, bit. you're right. Any Leaf, like, series win would be something to, like, savor on the same level, I think, as that Buffalo win. But if it was Boston, if they swept Boston, if they were able to, like, really, really enjoy a victory over the Boston Bruins, I think it would sort of be the same because that was an absolute laugher. Like, that was from two possessions in, Buffalo fans in that stadium, and it was cold but they could have the time of their lives for about three hours based on how that game flow went. Uh, it's you know not something we see all the time in hockey because it's generally not a laugher like that. Some games get out of hand, but uh, series are generally tight and games are, are, are uh, generally tight as well. I was thinking maybe the Florida Panthers, I mean, they haven't won a series in forever either. If they beat Tampa Bay, I think that would be like an enjoyable experience on home ice if they were able to do that. Columbus, did Columbus beat Pittsburgh a couple years ago? I feel like Columbus always has that, you know, Pittsburgh, target that, that they're that tampa series they won in 2019 was like the first playoff series they ever won if the panthers fans start if the panthers fans that are there if they win a playoff series they might start doing what kodak black did in those boxes like <laughs> they might start wild man it's it's starting to get exciting there it's not just kodak black there were a lot of fans there for that the, their latest victory as well i think something's happening there at uh beyond the the kodak black experience also ottawa beating toronto i think would be kind of in that vein you know, yeah. during my like high schools or school years, uh, Ottawa was always better than Leafs, but Leafs would always beat them in the playoffs. So uh, that might be something that uh, could be in that same vein. But I mean, Ottawa's recently got to the Eastern Conference final. Like they haven't, act, like it's been pretty bad, but it hasn't been like so bad that they haven't had any playoff victories to uh, to speak of. Washington beating Pittsburgh en route to the Stanley Cup final. Fits that was that. a big one. And that was a big That one. happened, but like yeah. that was because like Pittsburgh kept beating them all the time. They were the better team. Crosby had the cups and all that. Them winning that series, I think in overtime too, is if if Getty off with the bird celebration at the end, that is probably fitting of your description. Yeah, I think that was that was the bit the latest one that we've seen that was that can compare to that. And we'll see if the Buffalo Bills can do what the Capitals did and actually take advantage to go on uh, and win themselves a championship. I wish I was a Bills fan. Like most people in, not most people, a lot of people in Toronto, like that's like the, the team. What What's the team? Is there a team in Quebec? Are there Bills fans in, in Montreal? There's Bills fans for sure, but there's a lot of Patriots fans, which I think is the really? funniest thing. Yeah, there's a lot of Patriots fans in there, which I think is the funniest hmm. thing considering the rivalry between Montreal and Boston. But hmm. there are, there are, like in my experience, I've come across a lot of, of Patriots fans bills fans yeah those two i think are like the most uh like most well cowboys fans obviously but they're well represented like everywhere um one of my colleagues at the athletic is a dolphins fan uh i'm a jets fan but i don't so spread out a little bit i mean like most people like growing up all my friends had different teams and i was thinking last night like it would have been cool if we were all bills fans last night for the first time ever it would have been cool if we were all you know if we Who's if we team? all went that route, I mean, I, I grew up like in the Vikings. Randy Moss, like he was my guy, but they're so Oof. bad that it's like I don't, I don't, uh, I don't advertise don't, this very often. So you don't like that? Don't like what? Kirk Cousins? Is a Kirk Cousins oh, joke? God, you don't no, like that? I, well, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to distance myself so much from it that I didn't even catch that reference. But they're just like. I don't know. Dude, like gambling dude. and fantasy has ruined football fandom for me. I'll put it that way. But I'm glad it has because being a Vikings fan would be a, a miserable, miserable experience. The last thing I'll mention about the NFL, because I know it's not an NFL podcast. Like I do a hit on on TSN radio in Montreal like every Thursday. 
And like I for for like the long for like a good chunk of time, like a year and a bit, I was trying my absolute best to not let people know I was a Jets fan. But there was like one hit where like we were talking about football, we were talking about all these different teams, and someone apparently texted in into the show and was like, "You guys need to go easy on Julian. He's a Jets fan." I'm like, "Well, if people in Montreal know, like, there's I can't, I will never be able to distance myself from that." So, all that to say, um, don't mess this up, Bills, because if you mess this up, I will let you all know. I have Bills fans who were ready at the beginning of the year to say they were winning the Super Bowl, and if they lose out. I will let them know because well, it's probably the chiefs in Kansas city next. So the, it's yeah. going to be tough, but at least they had that one cathartic win on their home, uh, home field. Uh, it was pretty good. Pretty cool. Last night, the scenes in Buffalo, uh, were tremendous tables being shattered everywhere. Okay. Let's get into, uh, some hockey talk, as you mentioned, and it was the week for all-star rosters to be revealed, but instead of, it's been a bit of a, all-star stir, we'll call it, uh, with what is a pretty disappointing, but also like predictably disappointing uh, roster announcement. We have some of the NHL's best players, but really this is a collection of some really good players that, you know, may or may not be the best in the world. Uh, among notable omissions, we've got Brad Marchand, Sidney Crosby, Steven Stamkos, Nazem Kadri, top five scorer in the league, William Nylander, Trevor Zegras, who pulled off the most exciting goal of the year probably and has the personality to match Troy Terry, Igor Shestyurkin. I mean, a lot of players that should be there that I think fans and broadcasting partners would like to be there aren't there. So do you care? Does this bother you? What's, what's your take on the all-star stir? So there's no like young stars game, right? Because that would have just been an easy place to have guys like Trevor Zegers there for one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no Young Stars game. So that's very disappointing. Two, like, it's just so weird to me that a guy like Nazem Kadri, who's top five in scoring and deserves to be there, is not there. It's also weird that Sidney Cross, like, we were talking about all these people who got snubbed, like a Nazem Kadri or uh, Nathan McKinnon, obviously talking about him as well, and, and Trevor Zegers and all these other players. And we kind of just considered Sidney Crosby being left off as like an afterthought. It's like, oh yeah, right. Like Sidney Crosby's not there. Like it's so weird uh, that the NHL All-Star game as it is, uh, it's it, this year in particular, it's turned into this event where it's like, this guy's not here. We're talking more about the people who are not going to be there, mm -hmm. which is funny because in years past, the conversation about it was, oh, well, this guy is injured and they don't want to play. It was a, and I brought, I think I brought this up to Omar on Twitter. This is the unique year where we have players who are doing everything they can who to not go to the All Star game just because they just, for whatever reason, they don't want to be there. On top of the fact that there are guys there who probably should be there, and we're having a conversation about that. And it's led to discussions about voting and just the event itself. And, and Pierre Lebrun actually made the point too on Twitter. Why are we having it amidst COVID and with how the season is going? I thought about this. Could you imagine if the NHL All-Star game goes down and the festivities in Vegas go down and an outbreak comes out? Do you know how much that Very would mess up the whole year? We're not even at the halfway point of the year. And there's a possibility uh, if with the All-Star game, not to kind of put that fear in people's minds, but like, could you imagine how embarrassing that would be? If, if an outbreak came from that, like, I have a lot of thoughts on this. It's just, it's, it's a bit of a weird event, but the jerseys look nice. You like the jerseys? I'm like, I can't I like believe the... how basic they're so basic. 
Here's the thing about the jerseys. If you look back at some of the previous ones they've had, like the St. Louis ones that they had, they've had some like, they've had bad, some bad ones. They've had some bad ones. I welcome the basicness of this one because it just told you, like, you know what? The NHL was wilding out the last how many years? And they said, you know what? Let's calm down. Let's just get something basic and good and just go with that. Because I can't handle another year where you look at the NHL all-star jerseys and you're like, wow, the AHL did better than you again. <laughs> like, I can't have that again. Uh, yeah, I won't fight you on that. I mean, they're kind of like simple and a little bit surprisingly simple given like Vegas and the amount of time that they've actually had to think about the next All-Star jersey since we haven't had an All-Star game since I believe 2019 in San Jose. With Like it's been a while. So uh, I guess that would be three years. Um, yeah. A couple things. Pierre Lebrun. Love Pierre. Little disingenuous Pierre. though, that, that tweet, I think. I mean, like he's wondering out loud why. He knows why money. We yeah. know exactly yeah. why he knows why. Come on. <laughs> he, does he knows know why. why it's money. It's ESPN. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons why, um, yeah. but you're right. It would be a complete disaster. And like, if it's an all-star game in Vegas, there should be a lot of mixing and mingling. There should be a lot of chances for exposure. If they do it right. If this is what it should be an all-star game in Vegas with everybody there partying and enjoying themselves and actually a break after like, this should be a, like, a very enjoyable experience for players and yet they don't want to go now do i think they don't want to go because they're worried about potentially getting exposed missing time no i don't even know what it is but i do look at brad marchand and brad marchand is like the the number one on the snub list he's not a snub he doesn't want to go there's no chance that brad marchand was passed over not only for the team but also passed over for the last men in vote he decided he didn't want to go. So I think that's one of the issues here. I don't know if Sidney Crosby didn't want to go, but I think there's a lot of players that didn't want to go and them recusing themselves from this game, it like leads to the hysteria over like, look how bad these teams are. Look how terrible these selections are. I think that's a, a big thing that you got to consider is that a lot of players didn't want to go and we don't know who wants to go. They should just, they should make it public knowledge so that we're not all over them for not picking good teams. I think that's part of the reason why they are where they are. Nazem Kadri, though, uh, I think he does want to go. There are a lot of players that do want to go that weren't selected. It is interesting, though. Oh, sorry. My bad. I keep cutting you off. I was just trying, no, trying to say that if you think that Brad Marshaw's, you'll, I have a hard time thinking that Brad Marshaw doesn't want to go because of his reasons are just, I just don't want to go. Here's my theory. He doesn't think the same thing. I think here's Sidney my Crosby theory on the Brad Marshaw. Here's my theory sure. on Brad Marshaw. He is not sure. happy about the Olympics, so he's not yeah, going right. to play the game. He's not going because he doesn't want to play the NHL's game and be a sheep or whatever because he's the one that's most upset about the, the NHL not going to the Olympics. Do I, if the NHLers were going to the Olympics and they were taking that charter from Vegas to Beijing, I believe that Brad Marchand would be on that charter from Vegas to Beijing. I think that's a, a big thing. What's interesting is a guy like Alex Ovechkin, who hates going to the All-Star Games, apparently, has recused yeah. himself from several, I think, is going is excited about it so like it's all about how you're feeling in the moment i think brad marchand is a guy who loves the spotlight but i think is a little bit miffed right now at the nhl and is like hey if you're not going to scratch my back i'm not going to scratch yours so i think that's a lot to do with it. Is like everyone has their own thoughts on the situation right now there's a lot of variables there's the olympics there's covid there's how their seasons are going there's the prospects of winning and putting their best foot forward with their club team there's a lot of stuff that goes into it and all of that and all the assumptions we have to make 
you know, clouds the clouds our actual knowledge of what's happening and leaves us wondering why these teams ended up the way they were. I guess that's what I'm and, trying to say. And we're all thinking about this for an all-star game that in the grand scheme of things compared to so many other pro sports in North America isn't that good. Like the only other one that it really is better than is the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be real. The NFL, for for all the grand splendor that it has at getting everything right, the Pro Bowl seems to be the one like boil on its face that it just can't remove. But the NHL All Star Game is like like one step above that, and and they're well behind the NBA festivities and Major League Baseball's festivities. Like just for whatever reason, we haven't been able to figure out a way to make the NHL All Star Game all that captivating. I find maybe ESPN changes it, but. Like the fact that there are some notable snubs at this year's game does not help its case with making it an exciting and an enjoyable event. Like, I mean, I imagine if I was there, if I had the opportunity to be there, I know you've gone, like I I might have more fun, but like just watching it on TV, it just, I don't have the same feel. I don't have the same excitement that I would watching the NBA all-star game of the NBA all-star weekend or, or major league baseball uh, with the home run derby or even their all-star game. Like it just, for whatever reason, I don't have that same feeling of, of excitement for the NHL All-Star Game. So the fact that you're already going into it with guys missing like Crosby and Marshawn and Kadri, guys who should be there who have done well this year, that, that's also not a good thing. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it it matters that much. I think the personalities are the big thing. Like missing Brad Marshawn in the game, like I don't think that's a huge, huge deal. I think it could be entertaining or not entertaining either way. But I think it's about personalities. And this is my idea to fix it. Like, there's no excuse for Trevor Zegers not to be there. He would want to be there, you would assume, right? Yeah. Like, you're trying to showcase um, the next big talents and big personalities. He is, of course, one of them. It would not be out of a place at an all-star game. So I'm thinking Sportsnet would definitely want him there. ESPN, 100% would want him there. TNT, I actually don't know whether it's on TNT or ESPN. I think it's ESPN. Either way. What I would do to fix this problem with the rosters is, and it wouldn't fix anything because the players have the option to go or not, but to make them better, just let the TV networks make the decisions on who's going to go. You don't have to actually, you don't have to pick it on merit because it's not based on merit, clearly, because you're taking one from every team and you got guys like Adam Pellick and Clayton Keller going to the game who are clearly not all-stars. Pellick's a great player. Having... I mean, imagine not a tremendous year based on the fact that the Islanders are in the position they are. That's Clayton a big Keller, somebody. Never an all-star, uh, unless he's the only player that's competent on his team, which is kind of the the position that he's in right now. But let if you're going to have to have that participation thing, and we can talk about what Nathan McKinnon said, I think, you know, it is what it is. He says it shouldn't be a participation thing. I agree with him. I don't think it's a part should be a participation thing. I think it should be a TV network thing where you're getting – Everyone that the TV networks want there, there, so you can boost their platform. That means a guy like Trevor Zegers would pl- be playing a front and center role in this because the TV networks know that they can market this individual at this event. It's not based on merit anyway, so stop pretending it's based on merit. Just let the TV networks decide who's going to go and who they want to tell stories of and feature at this All-Star Showcase. That would be my advice to at least sort of improve what is probably an irreparable situation serious to be you know serious you'll be like a fun thing to look at at this all-star game you have like 
two of the most exciting players like going like at it in a game like Trevor Zegers versus Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is there. He got voted in. Like mm-hmm. that that's an easy storyline. Like that that should be perfect. And, and maybe for voting in the future they do something similar like what the NBA does where they have like a percentage of it to the fans, a percentage of it to the players, a percentage of it to like a panel of media people as well. And that could be a way for the NHL to get the TV networks in, get people from ESPN or TNT and Sportsnet and TSN, their biggest media partners in North America, and maybe others from Europe too, if you want to put them in as well, to, to ensure that those guys are there. Like that, I think that's how you have to kind of think about it going forward. Yeah, and, and I think you, you nailed it with the NBA having obviously the standard in terms of these all-star showcase weekends. What do they have? They do have a young young stars game. And I think that would be great. A young star game where you could just see 10 people in the Calder trophy race doing uh playing, you know, a three on three, a quick three on three game. Now's not the year to like invite more people than needs to be there to Vegas. I don't think, but that's something you could do. And a guy like Zegris would be perfect for one other idea I have, which is like a breakaway trick challenge or whatever against yeah. someone like Pavel Barber or another like famous, um, uh, not ho- I guess hockey celebrity is not the correct word, but someone who's like known online for their hockey skills and is routinely called on to do events like this. You could have Pavel Bartmer versus Trevor Zegras against a non-NHL goalie because you know an NHL goalie doesn't want to get embarrassed by these two, but just have no. civilian versus Zegras in a, in a like 10 shot shootout where they're just doing all these incredible things and scoring goals on what would just be basically a goaltender that's just in the net to be in the net, that would be cool. And it would fit the personality of Zegris, who would relish the opportunity to have a moment where he can get his face out there a little bit more and have some screen time. Like, they they just have to pick the right people for the situation. Getting, just trying to get an all-star from every team and not putting into account that these guys have and don't have personalities is not the way to do it. You've got to get the people who actually want to be there and can add something to these events. And I feel like they missed the mark on pretty much every level with this one. I think if we do that event, someone from Edmonton should, uh, whether it's Connor David or someone else who's skilled to participate in that challenge, I see them like going up to skate. And just as they stop, they take off their jersey and they wear like a Robbie Shrimp jersey and they just do some amazing uh pull. good pull robbie shrimp that that dude man like maybe not a solid nhl player but in terms of the hands the skills like before there was a pavel barber we had robbie shrimp robbie shrimp mm-hmm. crawled so pavel barber and all these other guys online could walk i i had the he i had uh, you know i'm a former oilers fan so i had some great hopes about robbie shrimp uh yeah. <laughs> i didn't ex- didn't exactly have him but um yeah I mean, I, I just think they gotta, they've just gotta try to accentuate what's actually has potential. And I just feel like they, this was a complete mess. This is a complete mess, and it's but probably are we surprised? going. To, it's probably going to. No, we're not going to be surprised, and we're not surprised, no. and we're not going to be surprised when it doesn't exactly stick uh, that weekend. And we're just mainly looking forward to the couple weeks off we might have after that uh i did tease or did mention mckinnon's comments that it's not a participation game what's crazy to me is that even the last man in vote is an even distribution like we can't have just you know you open up to the possibility that tage thompson can get in because the buffalo market just like stuffs the 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 ballot box like what are we doing 
It should if I you're gonna it, actually bro. put one more person in, it should be like between give me the next 10 candidates and let's pick the best four. You could even draft them if you want. Like the teams come together and draft the next player. They don't even have to be from the same division. And you have a little fun with like, hey, let's bring in the last four uh, and let the players decide or something like that. Like it's just ridiculous how how poor and how the fact that they think this like equitable, even playing field thing is not anything more than a joke. Anyway, Nathan McKinnon. Two things, two things. Uh, they should have never gotten rid gotten rid of that uh, draft. Remember that one year they had yeah, like the two guys making teeth. Ne- don't get rid of that idea. Two, the only guy uh, of the Buffalo Sabers organization who was deserving of being an All Star this year. No disrespect to Buffalo. It's Owen Power. He hasn't even played an NHL <laughs> game yet. He's yeah. the only guy in that organization. That would be cool. Would... Bring Owen Power out. That's the first time we see him in a Buffalo jersey. It'd be sweet. Are you kidding me? Like that's the only guy I want to see for buffalo at an all-star game presumably now and presumably for the next like 15 years as far as i'm concerned also uh i know we didn't mention dick suzuki at all in this because uh, yes the Canadians had to be there he's another one it is the thing at least in his case like he has enough skill where he could like hang at a competition and if the Canadians were a little bit better it makes sense that he's there he's also like a, a guy who not necessarily as a face of the league but he's like a name that people recognize but like we don't need him there we don't need people from these crappy teams there. Like, we don't. Like, give me the best names. It doesn't matter from which team. It's nice to, I mean, I get the NHL. Like, oh, you got to make sure everyone's represented. But, like, and I understand Seattle being there because first year in the league, you want to make sure their visibility is up. I can understand that yeah. for a TV perspective and media and all that. That'd but, be like, pretty tough need... if they didn't have an all-star. Yeah, that'd be tough. And, like, again, you're trying to bring visibility. Well, if he didn't get hurt, it would have been Brandon Tanev, which would be a huge indictment on – Oh, Ron Francis. I mean, Everly's like, oh, enough- he's he's the closest thing to a big name. Like, I think Everly's had a fine season, but like, he's not a yeah. monster. Let's let's be serious. But Brandon Tanev is like a like and a he personality. He would have had fun. He would have had fun. There you go. Oh, man. like have Brandon Tanev try that. to beat McDavid in a race. Like, if there's someone who's self-deprecating who would actually race Connor McDavid, like that'd be funny. If someone yeah. just decided to race McDavid and got absolutely smoked, uh, but again. Humility is not something that uh, necessarily runs rampant in the NHL. Here are the non-All-Star All-Stars. These are the ones that just stick out as I go through the teams here. Claude Giroux, not an All-Star. Adam Pellick, no. not an All-Star. Drake Batherson's been pretty good, but I don't know. Dylan Larkin, no. Nick Suzuki, no. Rasmus Dahlin, no. No. Uh, Clayton Keller, no. Joe Pavelski, no. Jordan Wait, Everly. Out, Adrian Kempe. I want to talk talk about Ottawa for a second. Why did I know Brady Kachuk didn't start off the year like he had the little contract dispute? You mean to tell me he didn't? Ottawa is like Drake Batherson is so good that they're like, nah, man, you know, we can't say Brady Kachuk there. Like Drake Batherson has to go. Batherson has been good, but you're right. Brady Kachuk is the team's all star. He's the Come team's on. all-star, and he's the guy who would actually have some fun there. I don't know anything about Drake Batherson. Maybe he is a, a, a an engaging guy, but am I, you know, am I selling tickets around Drake Batherson? Is he going to move the needle in every in any way when trying to market oh. this game? Like no. really? Unless he gets too deep into the beers in Vegas, that's probably the only way <laughs> he makes a name for himself at this event. Uh, don't do he that. Wins the MVP. Maybe that happens. It's possible. I guess. Uh, I you know, Timo Meyer probably not an all-star this year. I think I said Kempe. 
John Gibson over Trevor Zegers. That is going to go down in the history books as one of the more questionable decisions. And over Troy Terry, mind you, who's top five in NHL goal scoring. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, we belabored this point for too long, so let's move on to the next topic, and that is that... You know, it's just a question for you. Are you ready to anoint the Florida Panthers as the NHL's best team? They have the league's best record by points and points percentage now. They've scored 50 goals in their last eight games. They have 20 more goals than the next best team in the NHL right now. And they haven't played, you know, m- you know five or six more games than everyone else because COVID hasn't hit them. They are on pace to score 20 more goals than the highest scoring team for a season since the lockout in 2005. They are on pace to shatter goal-scoring records this year. So, Julian, I'll ask again, are the Florida Panthers the NHL's best team? Um, I think it's just too soon, and I'm not ready to answer that question, only because we're like a couple days out from like the Rangers being the best team in the National Hockey League in terms of points. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, also near the top. I think as of, as of this recording right now, I have the standings in front of me, Panthers and the Lightning tied on points at mm-hmm. 57. The Panthers do have a better win percentage, but like as, as long as we're still using points, like you have to consider the Lightning, obviously. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, in terms of points percentage, are not too far off from the Florida Panthers. There, I think there are still too many good teams near the top who are like they have their reasons for being good. I mean, obviously the Florida Panthers have the goals that they have, but like there are so many other teams who are worthy of that conversation. The Colorado Avalanche have six fewer goals scored than the Florida Mm -hmm. Panthers and only one more goal allowed. Like it's too soon. That being said in in three fewer games too. Colorado's tough start. And all of a sudden they're the best team in the league. Perhaps I'll say this about the Florida Panthers though. I said they were going to, they were going to win the Atlantic division. I believe in this franchise and I believe that they're going to be able to win some rounds this year. There's a team, in the Atlantic division that has not won a series since 1996. It's them. They're going to win. They're going to win. People in Toronto complain all the time. We haven't won a series since 2004. The Florida Panthers haven't won since 1996. I mean, they went to the Stanley Cup final in 1996, but Hey, look like they, they deserve some love too. all tens of thousands of them in the state of Florida and wherever else they are, they exist. They're out there. They're very mm-hmm. lively. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not ready to anoint them as that. I feel very good about my prediction that they would be the best team in their division. And I feel pretty good saying that the Panthers are probably going to win a round or two this year. But 
because of the fact that they haven't outpaced everyone else in the league, like a Colorado or a Tampa Bay, uh, even a Carolina, like I, even the New York Rangers too. Like I have a hard time anointing them as the team. They can be the best team right now, but what are we get? If we had this discussion next week, would we be talking about if they're there? Like maybe we have that conversation, but who's to say someone else takes over that top spot? Yeah, I mean it's. I wouldn't put them as my number one, and I have the I have the you know uh, uh, the receipts to prove it too. Like I I believed in Florida at the start of the year. I got them a future, and then win the Atlantic. I have a future on them winning the Stanley Cup. I think they are very very good. But if it weren't for the Colorado Avalanche, who again you mentioned just a couple points behind, they actually have games in hand. I mean, I I might be able to do that, but I still think that the Colorado Avalanche are the best team in the league and are playing like the best team in the NHL. And I think the one big thing for me with Florida is that it's been a disproportionate number of home games for them where they are dominant. They are 21 and three Mm -hmm. at home. It is crazy how good they are on home ice. And as you mentioned, those tens of thousands of, uh, of fans, they're coming out in droves and they're enjoying it. There was a, there's a bit of an uh, an atmosphere and it's not just Kodak Kodak black providing that atmosphere. It's, it's, it looks like they're, you know, generating a little momentum there and they deserve to, uh, you know, they deserve to because they, they have been so good, especially on home ice. But away from home ice, they've only won five of their 14 games, five, four and five. Again, they've managed to pick up points, but not only have they not picked up many road victories, but they haven't played many road games. So what happens when they go on the road? Are they going to come back down uh, closer to the pack? Probably just based on how the season has gone for them. But let me just run down their last eight games in terms of goal scoring. These are the number number of goals they scored in their last eight games per game. Nine, five, six, five, four, five, seven, nine. They've just been incredible on this last little run. And again, most of those games have come at home by six of the eight. So that's the theme here. They are dangerous as all hell on home ice. If they are the number one seed in the East, you're going to have to go through them and it's going to be tough to get a victory in Florida, but they're going to have to start winning some games on the road with more regularity and playing those games on the road with more regularity for them to cement themselves. I think as the number one team in the NHL. Yeah, but they have some good pieces up front. Jonathan Huberto could make a claim to being the best left winger in the league right now. Anthony Duclair, who scored goals pretty much every market he's been in, continuing to do that sam bennett is continuing the revival of his career just was just dispatched off from calgary and he's fit like a glove in in florida uh and their goaltending worked that that was the big question mark with the panthers at the beginning of the year but their goaltending is fine right now they have pieces They, they they have what it takes to be a top team in the nhl it's just again there's just too many teams around them right now who are just fighting just to be at the top of the mountain but it's fun to see a whole bunch of these different teams fight at the top of the mountain Guess how many All-Stars the uh, first place, high-powered, high-octane Florida Panthers have? It can't be no more than two. It's only one, Jonathan Huberdeau, and he deserves it. He, for a, for a moment, shared the league lead in points last night before, I believe, Dreisaitl got one more. But, you know, that's just, just... one guy! You can't have... It's hard to have more than one, which is so ridiculous. Even the best teams in the league. Yes, there are a couple duplicates in the Atlantic Division, Vasilevsky and Hedman, hard to say that they don't that they don't deserve that. Campbell and Matthews, hard to say that they don't deserve that. They couldn't have one or two more from that team. 
Uh, it's just the way it is. Instead, we have Batherson and Larkin and Suzuki and Darlene. But uh, yeah, the Florida Panthers, they deserve a little better. They deserve so much. Oh, I didn't realize it was just one guy. Oh, man, that's painful. Ugh, man, we're going to just be just be groaning about the All-Star game. Wait, wait oh, for our pre-All-Star my... show. Oh, and, or actually, our, 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 wrap, our All-Star wrap-up, which will be, what, February 6th or something like that. Anyway, that should be a good show. Um, yeah. Okay, Elliot Friedman last night reported that uh, the GM search for the Montreal Canadiens is winding down here. And he mentioned Kent Hughes, Matthew Darch, Danny Briere, names that we heard at the start of this process and now we're hearing at the end of this process. So it probably shouldn't be that surprising. But there were like whispers of them being like ultra creative and looking way outside the box and possibly giving an opportunity to someone who we wouldn't have thought would have this opportunity maybe six, eight, 12 months ago. But it seems like they're not as creative as we thought they were. Uh, they're just kind of going to the well with who we probably expected. So I'll just ask you, what do you what do you think about the finalists or the reported finalists? And that, you know, maybe the Habs didn't necessarily uh, come through on a promise to be a little bit more different with this search uh, to work under Jeff Gordon. I'm going to reserve any judgment on how creative they are until we see the full unveiling of the front office. Because one point that I think has been emphasized, uh, I've seen Eric Engels uh, from Sportsnet mention this. Um, I think Pierre Lebrun, Pierre again, mentioned this as well. Some of the different candidates who have been interviewed for this job, there is also a possibility that some of them who don't get the GM job might be in line for other jobs in the front office. So mm-hmm. I thought about this, like imagine a possibility where the Montreal Canadiens hire Mathieu Darche as their general manager, but maybe they hire either Emily Castonguay as their AGM or Daniel Sauvageau as their AGM. Like I, 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 and I think at that point, if they do that, that might still be a relatively like creative thing for them to do like fine you maybe get like a hockey guy as your gm and you don't go completely out of the box but at the very least like i think the fact that if they had still like a woman as an agm like that could still be seen as forward thinking they wouldn't just be hiring anybody they'd be hiring people who are in hockey circles i don't know mm-hmm. I, I i think that the gm search like i'm not surprised i, I can understand where some people are coming from with the fact that like you know maybe it's not as creative as some like but i also think that I, I don't know. It's just not a surprise to me that it's at that point. There, I did, there was something else I thought about with Mathieu Darsh specifically. Like, he's also in line for the Anaheim Ducks job, apparently. Like, he's apparently being interviewed for that. I've seen reports for that. Isn't he in a position of, like, leverage? Like, don't you find? Like, if I think the Canadians probably look at him as a top target. I mean, this guy was in Tampa Bay. He worked alongside Julian Brisebois played for the Montreal Canadiens like he knows he knows what it takes to win in this market and I'm sure he would love the idea of being a GM but the idea that he could work in Anaheim right where their rebuild has accelerated they have some really exciting players and guys like Troy Terry well Troy Terry I get he's a little older but like he's still like young enough Mm -hmm. uh but but Mason McTavish like coming up uh Trevor Segris like like they have pieces there not to mention they have a franchise goal he's still good like and autonomy he would have autonomy there he would have autonomy there. You're absolutely right. That is another important point. Like he could be in a situation where he is the guy and not to mention the market in, in, in Anaheim as well. Like you're not getting nearly the same amount of coverage as you are in Montreal. 
if he were really interested in that job and the Canadians would have to like, like they really want Matthew Darsh, like Matthew Darsh could easily just be like, Hey, well, Anaheim has all these benefits. Like he could put himself in a position where he could get himself like quite a bit, or at the very least, like this search could like wait a little bit. And I'm not, maybe Mm -hmm. I'm talking a little bit, like just fantasizing a little bit, but I can't help but think that like Matthew Darsh could be in a position where he could do that. And maybe, as a result of if say he spurns the franchise, maybe that results in the Canadians actually getting more creative with their GM search too. But like, I, I just have this weird feeling that like, it, yes, they're interviewing all these different candidates. Yes. There's all these different people they could consider, but like, I, I think Bachelor Darsh might be the guy they really want. I think he just kind of has like the, the pedigree that they would want, not to mention he was, he's, he's coming from the best team in the NHL. Uh, so I, I would understand that not to, you know, nothing against Daniel Briere or some of the other guys, but like, I, I'd be very surprised if it wasn't Matthew Darsh. But I also think that depending on how things go, I wonder if Matthew Darsh kind of, not to say like plays with the situation, but like, I wonder what he does with the situation that he's in. I'd think about it. Well, it seems like it's possible that the Habs could have their preferred choices spurn them here. I mean, if Matthew Darch decides to go to Anaheim and Kent Hughes decides he doesn't want to leave the exec or the uh, the uh, agency Agent world, world, then, you know, maybe they're left, okay, with third choice, Danny Briere, or maybe he's the number one choice all along. I'm not really sure, but if you kind of strike out on a couple of your preferred candidates, it's not a great look, and maybe it's a small, slight indictment on this preferred front office structure, which is that, okay, Jeff Gorton's the guy, but we need someone who can speak both languages to be the extension of him. Maybe that isn't that um, uh, desirable of a uh, position, especially for front office executives that maybe haven't had their chance to be the number one or the person who's going to uh, lead up a a franchise all by themselves. Maybe this isn't the spot for a hot prospect in terms of... uh, um, the executive world, and maybe they're going to have to go with someone who just has a, has that experience and can work under Jeff Gorton without having their ambition get in the way. It's an interesting situation that the Habs find themselves in, even though it seems like this is sort of where we envision them all along, almost. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know they're saying that this could wrap up in a few days. I'm really intrigued at who it's going to be. I mean, there's a reason why you're not seeing more experienced candidates in, in this position with with the way that the structure is as well but like it's i don't know like i i i'd be very surprised if it wasn't match your darsh personally i i feel like they're going to make it if it's daniel briere i know a lot of people are gonna be like oh but he's only been in charge of an echl franchise at the very least like he's running a franchise but like i also would not be surprised if at the end of all of this i think maybe i'd be a little surprised but also i think it'd be really interesting if they end up because of because of the situations that they're in with some of these guys looking at other jobs, if they kind of have to like dial, like look into their bag of, of candidates and be like, okay, Mark Diddy, step up. You're you're the AGM of the Montreal Canadiens now. And that's a guy who's underrated in this process too. I don't know if he's still in it at all, but there are there are some names there. And I still think at the end of this, I'd be very surprised if the Canadian I'd be more surprised than anything if the Canadians did not have a woman in their front office. Just because of how they've they've it's just been hyped out there that the candidates who are being interviewed for jobs may also be in line for other positions. That to me tells me that like 
maybe they don't hire a woman as a GM, but they hire like between, and I know I've only mentioned Emily Castonguay and Daniel Sauvageau, uh, Sauvageau who, who's coached women's, the women's hockey team for Team Canada and has her experience with, with hockey, obviously, uh, beyond playing the game and Castonguay as a player agent. I would just be surprised if they just hired somebody who wasn't, I don't know, who, who, who wasn't a woman. Like that's just, yeah. I would be more surprised about that than anything. And that should be the expectation. I mean, they set that expectation. So hopefully uh, many of those who were interviewed in the process get positions and they can build what is a robust um, executive team and not just one that's going to, um, you know, singularly carry out the objectives put forth by Jeff Gordon. Uh, we'll put it that way. Last one. Uh, last topic for today. John Klingberg. Of course, there was um, some news in the last couple of weeks about a trade request potentially rescinded a little bit, but at least um, the admission that he's not exactly pleased with his role and how contract negotiations have gone with the Dallas Stars. So now we have, again, from uh, 32 Thoughts on the broadcast on Hockey Night in Canada that the Stars are looking to move him after the, uh, you know, what was happening behind the scenes came in front of the camera uh, recently this week. So, We'll make it quick on this one. We don't have to really relitigate what's happened here. Do you have a best fit for John Klingberg? Um, I'll throw one out there to get this, the ball rolling. It's been a bit of a Boston Bruins show, so we'll have it come full circle. I think that makes a lot of sense with you know Patrice Bergeron potentially being in his last year with such a difficult uh, division that they have to go through and a need, I think, on the right side. They're two best defensemen, I think, at least are right shot defenders, but you know, there's three pairings on a hockey team and can find a way to specialize and weaponize John Klingberg a little bit. And maybe, uh, you know, sets yourself, sets you up for uh, potentially making some moves in the off season, wherever the Bruins might be at that time. So I think the Bruins make sense. The hurricanes and flames also came to mind. Uh, the flames have been going with that, like classic Daryl Sutter, third pair with Zadorov and good Branson, but I think a little bit more talent on the back end, could help them a little bit. And the Hurricanes do have a pretty um, clear right side in terms of uh, their personnel with Pesci, D'Angelo, and Ethan Bear when they're healthy. Um, but I think John Klingberg could, Klingberg could add a dynamic that maybe they're missing on the back end, a little bit more dynamism, uh, a little bit more uh, to offer from a creativity and offensive standpoint. And of course, they have ambition themselves. So the Hurricanes, Bruins, and Flames are the ones that came to mind for me. I wonder if the Penguins would be interested in them, like in, in John Klingberg. It's a guy who's had a pretty affordable contract, I think at like 4.25 million, if I'm not mistaken. And the right side is like Chris Letang, uh, uh, John Marino, and Chad Ruido. Like Marino yeah. and Ruido, I guess they're, they're serviceable, but like John Klingberg could be a really good number number two right side shot for them if they don't want to disrupt what they have between Dumoulin and, and Laton. Like, it, I, I think you could have a situation where why not have the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that should be all in this year. Like, they get Evgeny Malkin back healthy, Sidney Crosby obviously being there. Like, this is a Penguins team. If it wasn't for goaltending last year, I had them going to the final last year. Like, I had them as a team that, you know, they had the pieces to run it back again. And Tristan Jari's rebounded, and I think he's an all. Isn't he an all star? All star Tristan Jari. He's an all star this year. Yeah, he is. So I, I think that would be a pretty good move for the Pittsburgh Penguins to do to solidify their defense and help them make a charge for the postseason this year. Um, that's a team that kind of popped into my head when I thought about 
uh, a potential destination for a potential destination for John Klingberg. Um, not to say that the Edmonton Oilers would probably do this, considering uh, Ken Holland kind of laying out his plans. But yeah. in a different world, maybe they get them. They could use some help on defense. They have like Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece playing with each other now. Like I don't know. I think like they could probably use some upgrading on the back end there as well. Uh, they definitely could, but uh, you know, six straight losses and losing to the Senators most recently. Uh, man, I don't know if they're in any position to add, but they probably have to, given the desperation that they should be feeling. I like I like Pittsburgh. It makes sense to me. I think that's a good call. Um, you know, we thought it might be a fire sale from them. Now with Ron Hextall being maybe a little bit uh, motivated after some recent criticism, maybe he goes he goes out there and has the biggest splash. Uh, in season uh, to try and push his team, which deserves one last ride for sure with the way that they're playing. Uh, Maybe he tries to push them over the top. Uh, We shall see. Okay, tire pumps. It's where we bestow praise on someone or something in or adjacent to the hockey world. Uh, I'll let you start. Man, I was hoping you would start because this this week has just been, man, like, I mean, I, you can't really give one to Kodak Black for what it did. You can. <laughs> but you give it to other, I mean, anyone you want. I, I think it's tire, tire pump worthy performance at the at the game. <laughs> I think. Oh yeah, he, 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 my man was pumping all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love how we were all able to kind of unite over that personally, just like as a thing where we all kind of laughed at and thought it was just something that you know we were all wondering, like, hey, did he have? Was he actually doing it? Was it conclusive? Like, it was a really weird and zany moment, but also, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny that, like, young and old, anyone who likes hip-hop or not, just all kind of got behind this, like, weird event in, like, a time in the NHL that, like, maybe we won't remember in, like, seven or eight months. But what we do, we'll be like, yeah, right that happened um but you know what i won't give it to him i'll 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 say that you know what it was a fun thing to think about and maybe it's an honorable mention um but i i will give it to nazim kadri this year because i i know there are some other guys for this week i know brad marchand deserves to go i know Sidney crosby should be there i know there's a whole bunch of guys who should be there but I, I think Nazem Kadri and the play that he's done in Colorado, playing on one of the best teams in the National Hockey League this year, he might be arguably the biggest snub of all of them. Like Marshawn is a guy who almost any other year probably goes to the All-Star game. Sidney Crosby, you don't need me to tell you how often he's been to the All-Star game. I'm not sure how often that comes for Nazem Kadri, a guy who will be looking for some big money at the end of this year. Like this, this should have been his year to be there to solidify what's been a really good year. I also love uh, in the shootout, I think the day of or the day after he gets snubbed, scoring the shootout winner against the Arizona Coyotes and the Colorado broadcast yelling, get him to Vegas, baby. That you just know, everyone knows Nazem Kadri should be there. I love Nathan McKinnon sticking up for him. And I think Nazem Kadri uh, deserves the tire pump, deserves a stick tap, deserves whatever you want to give to him. Uh, because dude should be at the all-star game. And I think the, I think he has the biggest snub of all more than Marshawn, more than Crosby, more than Stan Close, more than anybody who is not at the all-star game this year. He should be there. And also shout out to him for continuing to use his voice with the hockey diversity Alliance. It was a 
strong mm-hmm. week for that group as well in a in a in a week that uh should have had many people paying attention fortunately for Nazem Kadri it is not the greatest competition in terms of the last men in candidates in the central division Phil Kessel he's got to beat out not an all-star Seth Jones not an all-star this year Jason Robertson you, Jason Robertson's been you know, okay. he's a good player, but I, I, he doesn't scream all-star to me. Ryan Hartman doesn't scream all-star no. to me. Roman Yossi should be an all-star probably, uh, but maybe doesn't have the name or the backing that Nazem Kadri will have. And then Robert Thomas from the St. Louis Blues and Mark Shifley from the Winnipeg Jets. That is not exactly murderer's row. So if Kadri doesn't get through on that vote, well, then we can't just blame the people, the NHL people who chose the teams. We can blame everyone, the fans and everybody that vote goes in. into it. Vote him in. Nazem Kadri for All-Star shouldn't, shouldn't even be a question. Um, my tire pumps. Small one for Australia for kicking Novak Djokovic out of their country. Uh, shout out to Damn. them for that. Uh, and, but I will go, and I already kind of mentioned it, Jonathan Huberto, for a moment sharing the league lead in points. Uh, listen, I don't think... Huberto's been around for a long time. Over a decade. Yeah. All with the same team. Not a guy who's made like a ridiculous amount of money. Not a guy who's ever really made headlines. But he should have been on the Canadian Olympic team this year. He could be in the Hart Trophy race this year, given what he's done and what he's doing for the Florida Panthers. So I will give him a shout-out for having a spectacular year and probably overshooting everyone's expectations at this point in his career, given how long he's been around and given the fact that we haven't seen him play this good. He's been a great player for a long time, but he is one of the best players in the NHL right now. So a shout-out to him for making things happen Maybe not as strongly as Kodak Black, but making things happen in Florida just the same. Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, I'm trying to remember the stats from like his first few years in the NHL, but this is a guy who had like the size and strength and scoring ability, but like it wasn't at a point where a lot of people kind of expected him to be. I think he was a top three draft pick in his, in his mm-hmm. draft class from the year he was taken. And now with the way that the Florida Panthers have ascended, he's turned himself into this great player. You're absolutely right. He should be on Team Canada's Olympic team if we were allowed to have NHLers there. Obviously, we cannot. I'm also, I also think that because of the fact that he plays in Florida and because of the fact that, yeah, they're doing really well, but like they're not the sexy NHL team that we look at, I think Jonathan Huberto has enough claim to be considered as the league's most underrated player right now because we don't, we still don't talk about him in the same way that we look at other people who play at his position. So, it's kind of weird to say, like, kind of like how we look at Kyle Connor in Winnipeg is like, yeah, this guy should get like way more hype. Like, what if he's like the American based version of Kyle Connor in the sense that like he plays for a team that he should get more love and he should get more respect for while also scoring tons of goals. And also kind of funny that like Kyle Connor is American play for a Canadian team and vice versa is happening with Jonathan Huberto. But yeah, I think he's the league's most underrated player right now. Uh, yeah, he's in his 10th year, so he's been around for a while. Number third, number three overall pick in the 2011 draft. I mean, he's just sort of stuck it out, right? Like, it's there haven't been good years. He's played in 14 career playoff games. He's never hit 100 points in his career. This year, he's halfway to it in 38 games. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, he probably could have put up big numbers somewhere else. But what's interesting is that this year, He's putting up big numbers outside of his relationship with Alexander Barkov. Like he's on that second line with Anthony Duclair, I think mostly. I think that's his most common line, line mate. And Anthony Duclair is a great player as well. But he is driving results for this team by himself at this stage of his career. And he's been a huge differentiator for what is the, t- the number one team 
in the NHL right now. So a tire pump to Jonathan Huberdo, to Australia, and to Nazem Kadri. This week. I did not expect that Australia one, man. Damn. I'm a I'm a big Novak Djokovic hater, so uh, loved what Damn. I loved waking up to the news today that so you, you, you uh, he had been deported. Novaks. Deported you, Novak Djokovic. Yeah. You say Novaks, then. You say Novaks for real. Damn. Well, that's that's how you get in my bad graces. Uh, we'll leave it there. Seattle Sports Hockey Podcast. It's Justin and Julian for another week, for the first week in a while, because we've had a little bit of a break here. But we're going to get right back into it down the stretch of this season. Julian's going to stay busy. I'm going to try to keep up with everything that I'm doing. That's the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. See you, Julian. Peace. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.